Welcome back to the Der Show. I'm still in Israel, where tonight I met with um, 14 members of my family who live in Israel. There are now 250 uh, descendants of my grandparents who have made their home um, in, in Israel. I also met with a number of the people who are um, potential candidates for uh, high positions in, in, in the government. Um, and tomorrow I'm, I'm planning to meet with, with more. Uh, but uh, tonight I really want to talk about the United States of America. And I want to talk about a remarkable thing that former President Trump said. A remarkable, so remarkable that I've, in all the years I've studied American history, American constitutional law, uh, the American presidency, I've never heard a president or a former president ever say that. He was understandably upset that uh, Twitter uh, had, uh, he claims, and maybe it's true, at the request of government officials, refused to tweet and allow tweets about the New York Post reporting that um, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop um, was legitimate, et cetera, et cetera. The, Trump's belief is that had that reporting been widespread, he might have won the election. Of course, he thinks he did win the election, so but he thinks he would have won it by an even even greater um, majority. Um, nobody can know for sure what impact it had. And um, of course, if the government put its thumb on the scale of um, um, Twitter's decision whether or not to release the information, that was, that was wrong. And it could at least arguably have affected the outcome of the election, just as uh, the statement by uh, former FBI Director Comey on the eve of the 2016 election uh, could easily have helped defeat uh, Hillary Clinton and helped Donald Trump uh, win. But what was remarkable is that uh, Donald Trump said that as a result of that, uh, and here I'm quoting um, with some words taken out for repetition, but what he said was massive fraud of the kind that he was suggesting, massive fraud allows for termination termination, ending, termination of all rules, even those found in the Constitution. In other words, he thinks that his allegations of um, fraud um, allow the suspension of the Constitution. Now, the Constitution provides for suspension, for example, of the writ of habeas corpus during certain kinds of, of war, but there's nothing in American history that suggests that the Constitution itself can be terminated and be terminated by whom and on the basis of what uh, criteria. Um, remember too, Donald Trump is running for president of the United States. If he wins, you know what his first act is. The first act of the president of the United States is to raise his hand to God, if he believes in God, put his other hand on the Bible, and to swear to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution, not to terminate the Constitution. And could Donald Trump, if he were to be elected president, could he take that oath after having said he thinks the rules of the Constitution should be terminated in the interests of 
perhaps redoing the 2020 election or undoing the results of, of, of the election. Look, he has the right to complain. He has the right to bring actions in court. I disapprove of and disagree with the courts that have thrown out all these actions as if there's something improper. The point is, if you have a, a challenge to an election, you bring it in court. The way I helped to bring a challenge in Bush versus Gore unsuccessfully, um, or the way um, Rudy Giuliani tried to challenge the Pennsylvania electoral vote, um, which was, in my view, unconstitutional. Again, you know my view. My view is the election generally was fair, that uh, Trump uh, was defeated fair and square, but that the Pennsylvania vote uh, was unconstitutional because um, it wasn't the legislature, it was the governor who expanded the time for late voting. And under Article Two of the Constitution, only the state legislature can uh, make rules regarding a presidential election. So I think Trump, Giuliani, they have a point about uh, Pennsylvania, and they should be encouraged to bring lawsuits, and judges should not discourage the bringing of lawsuits. Lawsuits are a lot better than the alternatives of taking to the to the streets. But the idea that a former president, a man who wants to become the future president, could say that the allegation of fraud allows for termination of all rules, even those found in the Constitution. Well, what, what rules then should be applied? Even when he tried to steal the election and, you know, the, Stop the steal was a proper, um, a proper uh, designation, except it applied to the wrong person. Uh, when he tried to steal the election, he did it through constitutional means originally. He wrongly argued, but he argued that Vice President Pence had the ability, instead of just counting the votes, to challenge some of the votes. And some Democrats did that in the 2016 election, Jamie Raskin. For example, my former student um, uh, did that. I thoroughly disapproved of that. I thoroughly disapproved of President Trump's efforts to get Pence to uh, change the outcome of the election. But both of them, both Raskin and Trump, operated within the rules of the Constitution. They may have been wrong about it, but they didn't urge their people to go to the street and take over the Capitol, even in his January 6th speech. Um, President Trump talked about protesting in front of the Capitol. Uh, peacefully and patriotically, not going into the Capitol and destroying Nancy Pelosi's desk or whatever else they may have done. And there were some people, like one of my clients, who um, believed uh, reasonably, and there's videotapes that support it, that he was invited in to the Capitol by Capitol Police as long as he didn't do any damage and as long as he left when he was told to leave, which is exactly what happened, yet he's been indicted for a felony. The point is that until today, until the president made this statement about termination of all rules, including those found in the Constitution, I'm not aware of any public figure that has ever suggested that. Now, yes, when the South went to war with the North, started the Civil War, did it in a treasonous and seditious manner, what they said was that the Constitution of the United States is not binding on them. In fact, they had their own constitution, um, which obviously authorized uh, a, a slavery. By the way, so did the US constitution. At the time, it was only the 
13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, which, which abolished it. But my point is, what's the alternative to obeying the rules, all the rules, especially those found in the Constitution? What's the alternative? Is the alternative for him to make it up as he goes along? For him to assume the power of dictator and declare himself to be the president? There's a word for that, a phrase for that. It starts with banana. Uh, and I don't think anybody wants to see a banana republic where one person, whether you agree with them or not, whether you're a Trump supporter or never Trump supporter and always Trump, you know, whatever your views are, I think you have to support the Constitution of the United States. And the United States Constitution doesn't dictate an outcome. It doesn't say who's going to be president. It provides uh, for a mechanism. And remember, too, that when Trump was elected president, uh, the first, the only time when he was elected president, the only reason he was president was because of the Constitution. If you had a popular vote, he loses overwhelmingly. It's only because the Constitution says it's not a popular vote. It's the Electoral College vote. Trump lost the popular vote, but he won fair and square the electoral vote. And then four years later, he lost the popular vote once again, even more overwhelmingly. And he lost fair and square the electoral votes. You know, when you live by the sword, you die by the sword. You cannot say, I favor the Constitution when it makes me president, despite the fact that I lost overwhelmingly in the popular vote, and then say, but when it turn me down, then we're entitled to terminate the Constitution of the United States and all the rules pursuant to the Constitution. It's interesting that, that a similar debate is going on in Israel right now. I wrote an op-ed piece for today's Haaretz, which anybody can read, in which um, I opposed um, people, people who I spoke to today in Israel, who want to end the right of the Supreme Court to overrule decisions of the Knesset, the parliament, and allow the Knesset to override Supreme Court decisions, something that can't happen in the United States, and it would hurt the rule of law, and it would place the Knesset above, Israel doesn't have a written constitution, but above the historic basic laws which constitute the constitution. So that debate's going on, but nobody in Israel is saying that we can terminate all the rules? No, they just want different rules and they want to do it through the proper mechanism of having the Knesset vote in a certain way. Um, I think what they're asking for is wrong and dangerous and I'm going to oppose it. It doesn't affect my support for Israel. I still support Israel just as I support the United States, even though I disagree with many of the decisions uh, of, by Congress, by the president, and by the Supreme Court. Being a patriot doesn't mean you have to support every uh, rule, um, but you do have to support the Constitution. Uh, and I support the Constitution. I support the United States, and I will continue to oppose many rulings. Um, it's interesting how parallel some of the rulings are in Israel and the United States. Both Supreme Courts have the same case in front of them now. Uh, the issue is whether or not a person, for religious reasons, can refuse to provide services to gay people. Um, in the United States, it involved a printing company of some kind that refused to print programs um, for a gay marriage. And that case is before the Supreme Court. And 
I don't know how it'll come out. If I had to make a prediction, I would predict the Supreme Court would uphold the right of religious people to refuse to provide services to gays. But the same exact issue is now pending in the Supreme Court of Israel. Our two countries are so similar. We have so much in, in common. Our system of government is different. They have a parliamentary system. We have a checks and balances system with three equal branches, executive, legislature, and judicial. But the people are the same. The attitudes are the same. The two extreme people from the cabinet that I met today and yesterday could have been Republicans on the right. Uh, they represent the right wing of the Republican Party, essentially, and they represent the right wing of the government of, of Israel. Uh, the left is similar, the center is similar, and the right is similar. And that's not a reason for no longer supporting Israel. It's a reason for expressing views that you might uh, disagree with that uh, are involved uh, with uh, Israeli policies. So uh, getting back just for a few more minutes to to President Trump, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he slipped up. Maybe he didn't mean that. Maybe he he uh, used words he didn't mean to use. Um, everybody has condemned him for this. The Republicans have condemned it. Republican leaders have condemned it. I don't know anybody, maybe there are some, but I don't know anybody who supports uh, a future president, which he'd like to be, claim that uh, past fraud in an election justifies the termination of all rules, even those found in the Constitution. So, President Trump, let me talk to you directly as one of your former lawyers. Please take that back explain that you didn't mean that. What you meant is that the rules of the Constitution should be interpreted to allow challenges to elections that are based on massive fraud. We can live with that. We can understand that. But the American people simply will not tolerate a president who says that the Constitution and the rules under the Constitution should be terminated. And I think that uh, President Trump has lost a lot of potential votes in the last um, um, few weeks. I think he lost a lot of votes when he had uh, dinner with uh, Kanye West, Yee, and with um, uh, Fuentes. Um, and I think he lost even more votes um, when he talked about terminating the Constitution. Now, I don't know how many votes he actually lost in the Yee thing, because I have to tell you, and I'm going to get to them now with my letters, there was an enormous amount of uh, support for Yee, um, for Kanye West, in the letters I got when I had a program uh, based on that. It, it's unbelievable. By the way, the division was clear. Remember, I get letters on two platforms, Rumble and YouTube. I got no anti-Semitic letters on YouTube. And virtually the only things I got on Rumble were anti-Semitic letters. Let me read to you uh, some of them. Um, it's going to take me a second to find them because I'm not good at this. But here they are. Okay. Some of them are personal, but most of them are just institutionally anti-Semitic. So um, here's one. It says... Go back to Eastern Europe, you Bolshevik. You know, I'm a very um, anti-communist and uh, my parents were, were born in America and I'm as 
American as apple pie, and there's no going back to Eastern Europe. But that's part of the anti-Semitic canards that Jews are Bolsheviks and should go back to Eastern Europe. People forget that the Bolsheviks murdered the Jews. Uh, Not as many as Hitler did, but Stalin murdered tens of thousands of, of Jews, including Jewish intellectuals. I represented some of them who were in prison, including uh, more than one who was sentenced to death. So no, I'm not a Bolshevik and I'm not going back to Eastern Europe. Here's one from Gunslinger451. Yee was right. What was he right about? Right about calling for DEFCOM 3 against the Jewish people? First of all, you don't even know what he's saying, DEFCOM 3, it's DEFCON, but uh, he meant DEFCOM. So he was right. You're an idiot and a bigot, Mr. Gunslinger. Okay. Um, this is Kendall. One, two, three, two. Kanye has further exposed the evil of the Jew overlord system of the world. I mean, it, it's like you're reading from the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which was a czarist forgery uh, in the 19th century that said that the Jews are seeking to control um, the world. And, you know, people like you, bigots, anti-Semites, um, people with 20 to 25 IQs, um, believe that Kanye exposed the evil of the Jew overlord system of the world. Here's one that's just directly to the point. Screw you in Israel. Okay, nice, nice point. Okay. Um, did Bibi spill the beans on 9-11? In other words, it's an argument that the Israelis uh, must have knocked down uh, on nine, nine, the buildings on, on 9-11, even though we know exactly who did it. And the United States obviously killed uh, Osama bin Laden and the others who, who did it. But this guy thinks Bibi did it. So, uh, um, so but by the way, Bibi wasn't even the prime minister uh, at the time. So old ass pedophile meets with Kazarian mafia pedophiles much like himself. That's another thing. The anti-Semites always invoke this pedophile business and Kazarian. I don't even know what Kazarian means. That's part of the anti-Semitic weaponry that Jews are really Khazars, Mongols from way in the East. I mean, do you do you uh, ignore the Bible completely? Uh, you can, you have the right to, but understand that you're not only an anti-Semite, you're anti-Christian and you're anti-Muslim because uh, the Mosaic religions all believe in, in the same when it comes to the uh, Jewish people and the existence of the Jewish people. How come Jews will run out of all the other countries they were in? Well, ask that to the ask that of the anti-Semites who ran them out, not the not the victims uh, who were run out. I wish they were run out of Germany. And no, they were in fact ingathered. You know, the difference between the Holocaust and every other genocide, people forget about this. In every other genocide, the Armenian genocide, the Darfur genocide, the Cambodian genocide, the rulers killed people who were in their way, people who were there, people who were blocking them from taking over uh, an area. That's one form of genocide. The Holocaust is unique because the Nazis brought people in from faraway places, places they had no interest in. Give you an example. There's an island off Greece called Rhodes or Rhodus. It goes back, you know, obviously to uh, many thousands of years. And I think there were 
approximately 25,000 Jews who lived on roads. Uh, they were not rich. They were mostly uh, craftsmen. They were leather workers. They were poor. They uh, had uh, goats. Um, and um, uh, Hitler sent several thousand Nazis. When the war was over, basically, instead of defending Germany, he sent them to Rhodes, a thousand miles away, in order to put them on boats and trains and bring them to Auschwitz to kill them. Now, that's a very different kind of genocide. That and the other thing that was different about the genocide against the Jews and most other genocides, uh, what the genocidal killers do is they steal the babies and give them to mothers who don't have children or, or people who would like to have children or mothers who have one child. Uh, the babies are saved. In Hitler's genocide, the babies were the first to be killed because he didn't want anybody who had Jewish genes to survive. Let's remember too that during the Holocaust, Catholic priests were killed if their grandfather was a Jewish. Say, say your grandfather um, was a Jew and your grandmother was a Catholic and your parents were both Catholics and you went to seminary and believed in Christianity and Jesus and, and was a priest, they take you to Auschwitz and kill you. It didn't matter what you believed in, didn't matter what your religion is, uh, the genocide of the Holocaust was genocide, about genes. So if you're a Catholic priest whose grandfather was uh, Jewish, you were subject to being executed, and many Catholic priests were executed. Okay, this one is just direct. Filthy Jews, filthy Jews. Uh, here's another one. Zionists are anti-Christ like all Jews. Jesus can save even a scoundrel like Dershowitz. Well, 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 thank you for allowing me to be saved. I, I appreciate it. Um, uh, when my wife, who grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, Jewish, went to a school in which there were only four or five Jews, um, her friends who really liked her and persuaded, tried to persuade her to convert because they didn't want her to go to hell. They would often try to feel her head to see if they could feel the horns. But uh, sorry, Carolyn didn't have any horns. Or if she did, they were really tiny because nobody, nobody has felt them. But these are people who wanted to convert her because they were sure that if they weren't converted to Christianity, they would burn in hell. And these people wanted to spend uh, eternity with them because they, they really, really liked them. So, you know, my, my question to all of you, and particularly the Rumble viewers, why the anti-Semitism? Why the upswing of anti-Semitism? You know, it's only uh, less than a century since six million Jews were killed by anti-Semites like you out there, like you out there. Um, why? Why do you have these beliefs? Do you know uh, Jews? What do you have against them? Why are you railing against Jewish power? Why are you supporting an idiot like Ye or idiots like Fuentes or, or others who, who, who espouse some of the dumbest ideas uh, in, in, in history. What's, it's, what's in it for you? Why the pervasive anti-Semitism? Why is anti-Semitism the oldest bigotry known to humankind? Why does it persist? Um, uh, oh, the anti-Semitists will say it's the Jews' fault. Uh, if you hate me, it's my fault. Um, if you 
you know, murder me, it must be my fault. If you kick me out of your country, it must be uh, my fault. Blame the victims. Um, uh, blame people who have been victimized for thousands of years. The Holocaust was the, the fault of the Jews. They deserved it. Uh, that's what you people think. Now, my question is, why are you watching this show? Um, I am Jewish. I am a Zionist. I am not a Bolshevik. I'm anti-communist. I'm anti-fascist. I'm a centrist. I'm a center liberal. And I'm a proud Jew. And, 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 and how have I hurt you? Why are you so opposed to what I am or the religion I practice or the ethnicity into which I was born? What explains this sickness, this dirty, filthy sickness of anti-Semitism? What explains you folks who wrote these letters to me? Why are you watching my show? Please stop watching it. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't want you to be watching me. I don't want you to be contributing to my success as a, a podcaster. Go back into your holes. Go back under your rocks. Go to your bars and, and talk to your Nazi buddies uh, and, 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 and share your venom. But why do you watch my show? Why do you bother to to write to me. And, and, you know, people say, why do I bother to read your emails? Well, I'm going to continue to do that because a lot of people in America dispute the rising tide of anti-Semitism. They say it doesn't really exist. It's in the imagination of the Anti-Defamation League, which documents these kinds of things. By the way, the Anti-Defamation League counts how many anti-Semitic incidents there are in any given year. They don't count the ones that are sent to me because I don't send them off to anybody else. If you just counted the anti-Semitic letters I got, it probably doubled the number of anti-Semitic acts in a given year. Um, so I have to tell you, I'm, I'm stymied. I do not understand what motivates anti-Semitism. I do not understand what motivates racism. I do not understand what motivates uh, anti-gay uh, bigotry. Why is it your business? Who loves who? Why is it your business? Whether a person was born with a certain kind of uh, color or skin, why is it your business? Why Jews are, are allowed to do what they, they do and many of them succeed, many don't. What, what, what is the obsession that you have uh, with Jews and bigotry and racism? Is it that you hate yourself? Is that you can't look yourself in the mirror? Um, do you not understand what happens when bigots like you uh, take control? Look, I defend your right to speak, just like I defend the rights of uh, Nazis to speak, the rights of communists to speak, the rights of despicable, horrible people to speak. And you're among the horrible, despicable people whose rights I defend. So uh, the important thing is when you spew your anti-Semitism to me, know I'm going to read it and know that people are going to look at you. I wish you would give me your real names and, 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 uh, and, 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 and your real names will uh, expose you. I'd, I'd really like to. Um, uh, have all your names known to your neighbors in the public. Maybe your neighbors support it. Uh, maybe your neighbors uh, agree with it. I don't know the answer to that question. 
I just know that um, what you're doing is is despicable. And I really, really wonder, and this is a question I have for the uh, people who run Rumble. I love the people who run Rumble. It's a wonderful platform. It's a uh, terrific uh, attempt to try to create a platform that does not have um, uh, censorship. But why do so many viewers of Rumble, why are they anti-Semitic, racist bigots? Why? I ask you that question. Maybe you can provide some answers. See you tomorrow.